the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day, and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. And in addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am a master of the laws of taxation law, and I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual properties law. Now, both of my master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law, which is located in beautiful downtown San Francisco. And because of my training, my experience, my life's interests, and my expertise, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate law, and taxation law, and sometimes all of those kinds of laws within the same bankruptcy case. And I'm also proud to say that as part of my practice, I'm sometimes able to seek out and sometimes vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of the various forms of financial elder abuse that's running rampant in our country today. I am, as always, pleased to be able to come to you once again today from the beautiful KFAX studios in the beautiful San Francisco Bay Area to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, once again, I must caution you and ask you to please take note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for and seek out more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances and hopefully provide you with at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. Because I believe that you really do need to find an attorney and or a financial advisor to walk you through the maze and the gauntlet that might be out there when you try to either vindicate your rights, execute on a claim that belongs to you, or put up a valid defense against someone that's coming after you. And again, it's not because lawyers and financial advisors are smarter than the average Joe or Jane. It's just that they have a toolkit that they have learned in law school and in practicing or in when they got their MBA or the advanced degree, they and they also have relationships with folks that they can call upon to assist them because none of us know everything. And that 
what makes them be able to take a real gun to a gunfight as opposed to you taking your butter knife. And I, 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 I do this show because I, I, I believe that uh, there needs to be uh, information about the law and finance that's articulated to, for the layperson so they understand it, so they can um, understand issues related to their money and, quite frankly, more often than not, the lack thereof and their finances and what they may need to consider to protect your family's financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts in this non-threatening form. Now, the last time we were together, we began a discussion, a renewed discussion of Bankruptcy 101 uh, by providing a 30,000-foot level overview of what bankruptcy is. Again, bankruptcy is a legal procedure It's actually a federal lawsuit with all the attendant processes, and it can be used by individuals, families, large and small businesses, and governmental units that are insolvent. That is to say, they owe more money than they are able to repay according to the contract that they entered into where they got something of value in exchange for a promise to make payments. Now, bankruptcy slows down the debt collection process, and it may even stop it, but it at least will slow it down and it may allow a righteous debtor, we're going to talk about that, what a righteous debtor is in a bit, but a righteous debtor um, might be released of all or part of their debt as part of the process. However, bankruptcies can also be used by individuals, families, large and small businesses, and governmental units who may be solvent on paper. That is to say, when you do your balance sheet, your assets are a bigger number than your liabilities, but it might just be that those assets are illiquid. That is to say, you might have all of your assets tied up into real property, or some kind of long-term uh, certificate of deposit, and you don't, you, you, so you, you're worth a million dollars, but uh, 99, uh, 100,000 of that is tied up in an illiquid asset. So you need time to pay your creditors, so you need the time to make that illiquid asset uh, liquid so you can pay some or all of your uh, creditors, and you can also use the bankruptcy procedure to give you the time to turn that illiquid asset into a liquid asset. So it, it's not just for people who are broke, quotation marks. Bankruptcy can also be used uh, by people who are asset rich but liquidity poor because, as I said earlier, Bankruptcy can be used to slow down the collection process and give you the time you need to pull um, money, cash, out of an illiquid asset to pay your debt. Now, regardless of what caused uh, the financial distress or the insolvency, as the case may be, bankruptcy law provides a remedy that's spelled out in Article One, Section 8 of the United States Constitution. And I quote, what bankruptcy does is provide uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies. And um, 
the, the Constitution is articulated by uh, the manifestation of current laws, including the United States Bankruptcy Code, which is um, uh, updated periodically by Congress, the federal rules of bankruptcy procedures, which are periodically updated by um, the Supreme Court, along with appropriate federal and state codes, uh, because states play into this. Now, under normal circumstances, a debtor-creditor relationship is based on state law. And so uh, when you sign that contract to buy your car, um, that's uh, a state law contract. And if you don't pay under state law, your creditor can repossess your car, sell it, and come after you for the deficiency. However, bankruptcy is, there's a hierarchy in our country. And because the United States Constitution spells out that bankruptcy is part of the federal law, states and municipalities have to yield to the bankruptcy's federal laws if there are conflicts. But generally, and you should know this, the bankruptcy uh, judges, they tend to cleave to state law if that's the best way to uh, handle a particular debtor-creditor situation. So that's why I'm saying that in order to fully understand what's going on in bankruptcy, it's the United States Bankruptcy Code, the Federal Rules of Bankruptcy Procedure, and the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, too, along with the appropriate federal codes, state codes, federal case law, and state case law dealing with the relationships among and the rights and duties between debtors and creditors. Now, when a person or an organization initiates a bankruptcy procedure, we say that they file a petition in their local bankruptcy court. And their local bankruptcy court, their um, where it is, is based on where the um, individual family small business, large business, or government uh, lives or is where the business or the government agency is headquartered. And they file a petition asking the court to place them under the protection of the bankruptcy court. And what that means is to stop all actions of creditors. And that stops sometimes permanently, but at least temporarily while the bankruptcy case is going on. Uh, This is so the debtor, where he or she or it has filed a case under Chapter 7, can have access to an orderly liquidation of his, her, or its, uh, well, his, her uh, non-exempt assets while keeping her exempt assets to underwrite her fresh start. So, uh, again, the purpose of the bankruptcy is to stop the process of collection and either liquidate orderly and have a fresh start or reorganize orderly and then have a fresh start, and you need exempt assets to begin that fresh start. Or in the case of a Chapter 11, 12, or 13, to give the debtor the time to come up with a plan of reorganization wherein she can maintain control over her assets while in bankruptcy while paying uh, to 
uh, her creditors what she can do. And this plan has to be uh, approved by the court. And if it's a Chapter 11, she also has, that is to say, the debtor has to get uh, at least a majority of her creditors to go along with the plan of reorganization. And, you know, we just have to step back a bit. And that process is going on right now with one of the largest bankruptcies in the United States, PG&E. So when we come back on the other side, we're going to continue our discussion of what and why is bankruptcy so important. But first, we're going to take a short break. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue our discussion on the what and why of bankruptcy and why bankruptcy is so important in our society, okay? Um, The bottom line, the importance of bankruptcy is that it provides a way out of what might otherwise be a hopeless financial situation for the debtor and it provides some semblance of fairness in the payment arrangement made to the debtor's creditors, all of this being supervised by at least a couple sets of eyes and ears. Um, that is to say, there is going to be a trustee or the debtor is going to be acting as a trustee, as a fiduciary of the creditors, and there's also the court that makes decisions about things that are of importance in the bankruptcy. Again, uh, as such, a bankruptcy is an essential economic instrument, one that can transform an overly burdened individual back into a productive and useful member of society. Similarly, bankruptcy can also be used to restore the usefulness and functionality of a governmental unit uh, that finds itself insolvent or under financial distress. And it also can help return a company that's in distress to profitability or at least lay out the foundation for that company to return to profitability. So making bankruptcy work in the real world requires an administrator or coordinator who is mandated by the Department of Justice to investigate the debtor's finances, oversee the debtor's case, and periodically make reports to the court about her findings or recommendations about the viability of the debtor's case. In a Chapter 7 context, the bankruptcy process is coordinated by a licensed professional called a Chapter 7 trustee, or more simply, a Chapter 7 trustee who works under the supervision of the bankruptcy court. As a general rule, Chapter 7 trustees are pre-selected by the Department of Justice in an entity called the um, Office of the United States Trustee. And these uh, pre-selected trustees, Chapter 7 trustees, sit on a panel with other trustees-in-waiting is what I call them. And they are hired, that is to say, appointed by the court to oversee Chapter 7 cases on a round-robin basis. That is to say, there's a a sequencing of uh, of cases that are assigned to uh, Chapter 7 trustees, just like there's a sequencing that's done that assigns cases to judges on a round-robin basis. Now, 
Chapter 7 trustees are paid either a flat fee if it's a no-asset case, meaning that after the debtor files, the trustee does an investigation, identifies all the trustee's assets, liabilities, income, and expenses, and finds that there's no assets other than ones that are encumbered, and um, the trustee doesn't want to have to deal with those. So the trustee gets a flat fee for a no-asset case. Or the trustee gets a percentage of the non-exempt assets that he or she, that is to say the trustee, can recover and liquidate from the person or organization that's filing for this liquidating bankruptcy. So in the United States, many bankruptcy trustees or Chapter 7 trustees are lawyers and some are CPAs and some are both. Now, in the context of a Chapter 12 or 13, the trustee is a standing trustee, meaning it's opposed to being on a panel and gets case on a round-robin basis. A trustee who is a uh, 12 or 13 trustee has a territory, basically, in all the cases that are filed in that particular territory or, or the jurisdiction of a particular court or two, the cases are overseen by, overseen by the trustee in that territory. And a Chapter 12 or 13 trustee performs many uh, administrative functions, such as receiving and dispersing the debtor's plan payments to her creditors. And how that Chapter 12 or 13 trustee is paid is they receive a percentage of the monies flowing through his or her office. So that is to say, if uh, Selwyn's um, uh, Chapter 13 plan payments are um, $1,000 a month, uh, uh, the, um, the the trustee gets a percentage of that, let's just say 10%. The number changes up and down depending on the number of uh, cases that are filed in the territory, but that's how a Chapter um, 12 or 13 trustee is paid as a percentage of the payments that he or she um, that that the debtors make then flows through uh, that particular trustee's office. Um, so in sum, bankruptcy law is critical to the proper functioning in our capitalistic market-based economy. But you see, the laws of bankruptcy act as a safety valve that give entrepreneurs and individuals and families the freedom to take risks to take on risks of starting businesses and starting family units with the knowledge that if they run into financial distress, become insolvent, that, and that is a result of an honest miscalculation of a business risk or uh, believing that you move to the Bay Area because it's a good job market and you plant roots and then some, there's a downturn in the economy or people no longer want to, you know, come to mom and pop shops. They want to buy stuff over the internet, and you know that causes your business to dry up, and it causes you to be unable to make your mortgage payment and make your car payment and continue to send your children to to good quality schools. That's not your fault. And that's not manipulating the system, and so that would make you a candidate for bankruptcy. Because I got to tell you, bankruptcy is only for Good people who make mistakes, make bad business judgments, make miscalculations, and then they find themselves in financial distress. And so 
it's not for people that set their creditors up and perpetrate fraud, and I'll talk about that a little bit more in this show or in other shows about the whole group of debt. There's a whole collection of debtors and a whole group of debts that are what is known as being non-dischargeable. But if if you're an honest but unfortunate uh, debtor, uh, be you an individual, your family, your small business, or your large business, or your governmental unit, um, and because of, like I said, uh, business risks, downturn in the economy, shifts in the marketplace that cause financial distress, or you, when an individual or family takes on purchasing a home or automobiles or other consumer debt, or in some cases underwriting the formal education of themselves and their children. And as long as taking out those economic risks or those obligations uh, that result in financial distress were taken on with the intent to repay and not manipulate or calculated to perpetrate fraud on their creditors, our government has a constitutionally-based legal procedure that may give the honest owner of these businesses and the honest members of these families a chance to start afresh without the burden of overwhelming debt that tends to destroy the quality of their lives. And I've seen debt destroy families. And you, when you think about it, you know, that that is is, is not... That's not right. <laughs> it's pretty strange for a lawyer to say something's not right, but it, it's not right. The bankruptcy process also gives the debtor's creditors some assurances that they will receive their fair share of the debtor's non-exempt assets, even if that fair share sometimes means that the creditors take nothing because that's their fair share. Now, some people ask me why bankruptcy is important. Why why don't we have another form of, of dealing with debt uh, the way other countries and other cultures do? Well, you know, the, the good thing about bankruptcy is if you go through this gauntlet, you come in pure of heart, deal with your debt as best you can, make your payments, stumble occasionally, and, and get back up and continue and get out of the bankruptcy, you're going to get a discharge. And so that means all that you haven't paid or you can't pay goes away, and it gives you the ability to have a fresh start. Now, before bankruptcy, debtors who who could not meet their obligations were subject to severe penalties. For example, in the ancient Greek city-states and in the early Roman Empire, a person who could not pay her debt would often be forced to become a slave of her creditors, and this was called debt bondage. Thousands of years later, the treatment of debtors was still harsh. For example, in England, uh, the first laws of insolvency were passed during Henry VIII's reign, these laws treated insolvent debtors as criminals, and they got locked up, and they were imprisoned, and they might even be put to death. Even in modern times, well into the 1800, people who were unable to pay their debt could still be imprisoned, and this was called debtor's prison. And those of us who are fans of, of, of novels by Charles Dickens should know that in 1824, uh, when Charles Dickens was 12 years old, his own father was sent to debtor's prison. 
in the United States, federal imprisonment for unpaid debt was abolished in 1833, around the time that most of the states fall, fell in line as well. In fact, we got rid of debtors' prisons before they did in, in England. So, an even more important reason for invol- involving, uh, avoiding involuntary servitude, which is what bankruptcy does, or imprisonment for debt, is based on the observation that if people are in jail, they will never be able to pay their debts. So when we come back next time, we're going to continue our discussion, our continued discussion of Bankruptcy 101 and how it is that we here at Selwyn's Law want to stay on the right side of bankruptcy law and work for its positive effects on our economy. Till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the Law Office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.